Hello. Uh, my name is Sumila Guliani. I'm from the World Bank, and I'm part of the urban team uh, at the World Bank. Uh, the paper I presented at this conference is called Living Conditions, Rents, and Their Determinants in the Slums of Nairobi and Dakar. Um, this study was conducted a few years ago, actually, and uh, what it is is uh, we did household surveys in the slums of Nairobi and of Dakar, and the sample size was about 2,000 households each. And we using uh, and we tried to use the survey to figure out many different aspects of life and living conditions in the slums. So this paper just looks at a, a subset of the issues that we examined in the survey. Um, and essentially, it has three questions. The first question that it focuses on is, um, what exactly are the living conditions in these slums, and do they differ systematically for tenants versus owner-occupiers in, um, in these settlements? So uh, before I start uh, on sharing the results, I just wanted to say that there, the sample size that we are taking for these two settlements is 3,715 households. And um, if you compare the two cities, they are roughly similar in size, 2.2 to 2.5 million. Um, and um, uh, the demographics differ significantly across the two cities. Uh, I guess we'll just keep it brief, so I won't get into that for now, but it's available in the paper. So the answer to the first question, what are the living conditions? Um, we find that Nairobi and Dakar are significantly different, and that um, uh, living conditions on average in uh, Senegal are far superior to those in Nairobi. Um, and if you look at the data, uh, disaggregate the data by tenants versus owner-occupiers, we find that tenants lag owners on multiple dimensions of living conditions. Uh, with respect to living conditions, we use a framework. Uh, it's called the Living Conditions Diamond, and it has four aspects. The unit, infrastructure, neighborhood and location, and tenure. Each of these aspects has multiple uh, proxy indicators. And, when I, I, and this will become evident as I explain the results. So if you uh, say, in what ways do tenants lag owner-occupiers? Well, first of all, we find that uh, they are more cramped as households. So there are more persons per room uh, in, uh, among tenant households as compared to owner-occupiers, and the difference is statistically significant. If you look at infrastructure, we find that tenants lag owners in access to basic unit-level services, three of them, and that the difference is uh, pretty large. So what are those services? Uh, well, tenants are far less likely to have in-house private piped water connections. They're far less likely to have um, uh, electricity connections, and they have much worse access to uh, toilet facilities, uh, private toilet facilities in the house. And when they have, uh, when they're relying on public facilities, there's much more share. Many more households are sharing those facilities if they're tenant households. So just to give you an example, in terms of access to electricity. Um, 52% of tenant households have access to electricity in their homes as compared to 74% of owner-occupiers. Um, in water, there is a, so that's more than a 20 percentage point gap. 
Um, it's similar when you look at water uh, 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 in these two settlements, uh, in these two cities. Um, the, uh, so they're more cramped, they have worse, worse access uh, to um, key services. But uh, uh, an interesting finding is there's no difference in neighborhood level services, just such as garbage uh, disposal, uh, garbage pickup and sewage disposal. Uh, and the, on finally, the third aspect uh, of the living conditions diamond on which the tenants lag owner occupiers is duration of stay or um, uh, in their particular houses or neighborhoods. So as you would expect, tenants are much more mobile than owner occupiers. So in Dakar, just to continue with the example, on average, a tenant stays in a given house for seven years, whereas an owner occupier stays for 22. And this can be seen either way. It can be seen as high mobility, as a good, or it can be seen as a lot of pressure to move. And so uh, there is a significant difference in that particular aspect. So that's the first major question. The second uh, question that we looked at is, what are the rent levels in these two cities and what drives them? I'll just address what are the factors driving the rents. And we found that they're very similar in the two cities. And um, so what is it that raises rents? The more the number of rooms, the higher the rents. Uh, the, more, the better the quality of the unit as assessed by either permanence of building materials or quality as assessed by the enumerator, the higher the rent. So the better the unit, the higher the rent. Um, the better the access to in-unit infrastructure services like water and electricity, the higher the rent. So just uh, for example, uh, I think what was the data in here? I think uh, access to electricity, for example, raises the monthly rent by 30 and 40% in Nairobi and Dakar. Um, uh, so those were two key variables uh, in uh, explaining rents. And the rent model is actually, uh, uh, monthly rent is a dependent variable. And basically, this model is a semi-log uh, function. And uh, the uh, independent variables were all of those uh, four uh, variables from the four dimensions of the living conditions diamond. And uh, it's the explanatory power of this model is pretty strong. The adjusted R-square is about 0.49, which is pretty good. Um, and if you look at the living conditions aspects of the variables associated with the living conditions, uh, about 37% of the variation in Nairobi is uh, can be attributed to those uh, variables, and 22% of it in Dakar to those variables. And um, finally, the final question was, uh, can we say with confidence uh, what is the difference in quality across the two? And uh, we did run some tests, and we used the blinder Oaxaca wage decomposition approach. And we find that on average, a unit in Dakar is 40% superior in quality to that in uh, Nairobi. And, uh, if we use, uh, hold the quality constant, that is for a given quality of unit, uh, the rents in Dakar are 48% cheaper. So if you have a choice between living uh, in the slums of Nairobi and Dakar, choose Dakar. It's, it's uh, better quality overall and it's cheaper per unit of quality. Um, so what does this paper tell you overall? Um, the conclusions that are more interesting at a larger level are that tenure matters, 
But there are three aspects of tenure that matter. It's not just whether you own or you rent. Uh, in, in this particular study, it shows that tenants lag. So ownership matters um, versus tenancy. But we think we would argue that the tenure mix matters. By that, we mean the proportion of tenants to owner occupiers in a given neighborhood or a given city. And on that, uh, what we're seeing in Dakar is that 74% are owner-occupiers and the rest are tenants. Whereas in uh, Nairobi, 92% are tenants and only 8% are owner-occupiers. Um, uh, so that uh, has an impact on the stability of the neighborhoods. And what we are seeing is the duration of stay on average is much lower in Nairobi than in Dakar. So given the higher duration of stay, the greater proportion of owner-occupants um, uh, in these neighborhoods, we feel that the incentives to invest in these settlements are higher in uh, a city like Dakar relative to Nairobi. So the big conclusion is that when you're studying these kinds of rental markets uh, and trying to understand living conditions, uh, it's important to look at different aspects of tenure and that uh, although rental is a very large proportion of the overall uh, market um, in many of these informal settlements, we, our results tend to indicate that it might be important to have a certain minimum threshold of owner occupancy. Uh, and that if it's very low, uh, as low as 8% uh, as it is in Nairobi, it, it may lead to non-consolidation of informal settlements and much worse living conditions. Um, thank you very much.